Welcome to Paradoxically Speaking. If you're hearing this, you're not currently on one of our subscriber feeds and will only be hearing a portion of the conversation. For full episodes, consider subscribing to the Strong Stoic Newsletter or Perennial Meditations on Substack. You'll find links in the show notes. While mortality will always destroy beauty and youth, beauty and youth, in fact, need to be destroyed. Immortal youth beauty, such as is preserved in art, is in fact monstrous in the real world. So that comes from an analysis of a picture of Dorian Gray. It's a novel by Oscar Wilde. And for those who don't know, it's it's basically a story about a young, good-looking chap. He's a handsome fellow. Gets this painting done of him. And it's the painting. It's the painter. It's like his best work ever, right? It's It's a beautiful painting. And the kid becomes so obsessed with his beauty, his own beauty, his own youth, that more or less what he does is he sells his soul to the devil to maintain his beauty and youth. And so what happens is, as opposed to him aging, his painting ages, but it doesn't age in the way that people age. It ages as a reflection of his soul. So the kid, because he has youth, eternal youth and eternal beauty, he says, well, why not engage in drinking and smoking and why not screw people over and why not engage in all kinds of sodomy, essentially, and ends up doing some very heinous acts throughout that whole process. And so the painting becomes tainted with with the colors of the soul, essentially, which is really, really ugly. And so that quote, in terms of youth, uh, sorry, beauty and youth, that's a new one, youth, there you go. <laughs> so we talk about mortality quite a bit, because obviously it's, a, it's a, a stoic practice to meditate on your death. But one thing that you and I have not spent a lot of time over talking about is, is aging. And aging is an interesting thing because it reminds us of our mortality. So as the years go by, we look ourselves in the mirror, we see we have more wrinkles, we have gray hair, uh, you know, things start to sag. We start to lose our abilities too. Like we start to, it takes us longer to recover in the gym. We lose the ability to get stronger. Singers lose the ability to sing in the same way that they used to, which is a very, very hard thing for singers to have to deal with. So aging comes with a lot of changes to our, our physical body. and the question is, well, what about the soul? Because the soul changes as well as we get older. And that's something that you have a choice over. You can choose to have your soul flourish and become a beautiful thing, or you can choose to not do so and have it end up like the picture of Dorian Gray, which is just an ugly soul. And so I'm hoping we can tie this in, this, the, these themes of, of beauty and youth and mortality and aging and how we can, I guess, age gracefully and how we should be thinking about this as as we get older. So what do you think about that, my man? 
No, it's interesting. It's something I don't um, think about much. But but before we get into it, though, um, like you said, the word soul there, I always kind of get confused and um, around like what that is. Like, what what do you mean by by soul in in that context? Yeah, so I'm going to have a different answer than than you, maybe. So we can we can maybe speak to how we both think about that. So I, I think of it like as a physical entity, like a, as the Stoics did in like a physical sense. So when you think about the soul, it's really your body, how your neurons fire, your brain, all the interconnections. So if you, if you imagine like, let's say a Stoic sage, it's someone who can do no wrong. So what that means is that their brain is wired in such a way through years of development and habit that they they literally just they they are un, incapable of doing anything morally wrong that's the definition of a of a sage and so i guess an easy way of thinking about this is just habit so you can make the habit of treating those you care about kindly <clears throat> and that's like a manifestation of of virtue of acting appropriately and so the 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 soul is really like what we repeatedly do, it's it's a physical thing. It's nothing like there's no divine connection in the way I think about it. Yeah. I don't necessarily um, think about it too much. I don't know if I have a like an opinion or a definition or a- anything, anything like that. I, I really don't know. Um, but I appreciate the, you know, the con the context. Um, like one of the things I, I might get into the weird the weird subjective <laughs> type of stuff that, that I, that I bring up. Uh, but like, so, so the soul, if we think about like habits, it's what we do. It's maybe um, like, as, as you're des- describing it there, um, maybe it sounds similar to like our character or some, something like that. Um, where, it becoming like a beautiful soul. I I don't even kind of understand that in the way of like, we're not what we do, you know, it's like we, we can do beautiful acts as I think about it, not saying this is correct or anything like that, but it's like beautiful acts one day. And then, horrendous the next and quote unquote from a subjective thing. And and obviously we're, we're talking about like virtue and stuff, um, which people don't necessarily have to buy into, but something that we, we obviously kind of both uh, adopt as a, like a highest good, you know, there is such a thing as a virtuous act and like back and forth, back and forth, you know? So it's like that in, in that context, it's it's like not a permanent thing as well. Just like this thing of aging and youth is not something that is a permanent thing. It's just changing and changing and changing. And it's, I don't know, it gets, um, it can get a little strange, I think, with some of this stuff to say that you're not anything like that. You're not your past actions or you're not, uh, 
I don't know. It, it can get uh, a bit tricky. So that that's like a little bit that comes up. Yeah. Well, I think uh, so. You make some great points here, and this is why, like, we got to be careful. Again, if you're like a, a stoic scholar, you got to be careful how you say things like virtue, because a sage is the only person capable of virtue. Again, we can disagree. Like personally, you and I can disagree on that. But when the Stoics say like virtue, they mean the sage. So any everyone else falls short of that. Like you and I, me for sure, uh, definitely falls short of that ideal. And so we we do the thing that you're talking about where, where we kind of, yeah, <laughs> we do the thing where we kind of, like you said, bob back and forth. Um, but I, I do think that there is an inherent uh what would you say? Like there's a trajectory to, to improving those things. So like, I can tell you personally, I get a lot less frustrated in traffic than I ever did. And I still get frustrated, but like in the past, I was so far behind in terms of even recognizing that that was an opinion. Like, no, 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 your, your your opinion is that sitting in traffic is bad right now. The guy next to you is singing to Adele, right? (laughs) Um, yeah, I think I'm froze here. Mm. I can still hear you though. Okay, all good. Um, yeah, so like e- even that, so like that's one thing. Okay, so now all of a sudden I can recognize that it's an opinion that I'm pissed off in traffic. And then over time you you kind of ingrain that into yourself that that's no longer a thing. And so even though like I, I know what you're saying, you kind of bob back and forth and all we really are is the present moment. Uh, that's a great point. And that's why, of course, again, that unless you're the sage, you're not virtuous. You're either you're either acting in a, in an appropriate way or you're not acting in an appropriate way. So, yeah. Yeah. Let me get weird with the subjective stuff again. I, I don't necessarily oh, yeah. think it's super weird, but I don't exactly know why, but for some reason I think it's um, important. So like even the thing, like, like you pointed out that according to some sort of, like stoic scholar this and that and it's like so you're pointing to the point well it's subjective you know it depends like we can think about it differently and it depends on the particular tradition for example like if someone is following some sort of tradition or they're just following some sort of philosophy of life that that they created very intentionally or or not so intentionally um but even the thing of like I have, I become, you know, less irritated in traffic. Well, that's like subjective. It, it, it only means something because that is like important to you. You would like to, you like you see it as a good to not necessarily become irritated in traffic. Someone else could be like, man, what a passive driver. You know, look at this. It's like you go to some, uh, like uh, one of these like uh, island island countries and stuff like that, and people are like drive, driving crazy. And there's Brandon, this like passive driver that's just like not in some sort of rush in any way. And it's just like subjective, and that's okay. It's like each person, but it's it's rooted in some sort of like the only way that we can say is that this is some sort of improvement is if we like have established something as a good, you know? And I I think like that connects something with the whole like youth and beauty type of stuff. 
Um, I don't know, you know, where we'll end up going with it, but it's like, what is valuable? Like, what is good? And I don't necessarily mean like, it has to be like the highest good. And it's like, you know, there's only this like one good, you know, we have preferences typically like as humans and these things that we, you know, prefer or have an aversion to, you know, it just depends. And then like with the whole youth and beauty stuff, like it can totally just be a complete, like indifferent, I think, you know, for some. Yeah. I, I, so the subjectivity thing is, uh, I think it's one of those things It's kind of like faith and reason. It's like, you kind of need, you kind of need some subjectivity to build upon objectivity and you need objectivity to build upon subjectivity like you you, you kind of need both so you make a great point i th- i just want to point out that like there's an there's a huge assumption here and it's i think it's one of those things that's kind of naturalistically true but you see a lot of actions to the contrary where you kind of assume people want to suffer less as <laughs> like that's just a, like generally speaking if i were to think of my life i want to i want to suffer unnecessarily less and like Again, when I just to clarify suffering, I'm talking about like existential suffering. I'm talking about suffering of the soul, you know, if you want to phrase it like that, because people have an idea of what that means. Uh, so, you know, you get back to, OK, it's it's sub- that, that is a subjective thing, but it's one of those things that. It's it's somewhat inherent, but yeah, I, I definitely just I want to concede your point 100 percent because it is true that we need subjectivity to build uh objectivity upon and and vice versa but but there is there's a weird um tug and pull like it's not just all completely subjective and it's not completely objective right yeah and let me just because this gets confusing for me a little bit you know i um want to be mindful in the way of um not at all saying like that, you know, that there isn't some sort of big T truth, that there isn't some sort of, um, you know, objective morality. So for example, like we're, we're talking about beauty, like there is such a thing as museums, you know, that have works of art, you know, you go in, you know, you, you name it, like there's objectively, you know, paintings that are considered, you know, true, good, beautiful type of thing, if you want to use that language. But when I get in front of it, I am experiencing that painting subjectively, you know, and just because there is such a thing as objective beauty, I may not have like the eye, the skill, the education to actually really like recognize it, you know, to, to, to see. And, uh, (laughs) um, so it, it just gets, it gets a bit, uh, tricky, but there's something like, uh, we were talking a bit before we, uh, hit record, uh, like from a psychological flexibility type of thing of, you know, same thing, like even when you get to the uh, like virtues, for example, which we think are very clear cut, like very it's this. Well, it's much more complicated than that. 
it's really, it depends on the context. It depends, you know, they're so like, what is courageous in this situation is, you know, reckless in this one, cowardice in this one. So it's just, uh, it's not often as uh, clear cut as our minds want want things to be. Yeah, and you 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 remind me of a, <clears throat> there's this Adele song. Uh, I, twice I brought up Adele. I swear I'm not too big of a fanboy, but <laughs> but I like couple of, I like a couple of her songs. And there's one of her songs. I was talking to my mom on the phone, and uh, my brother was in the background, and and uh, it was one of her songs got brought up in our conversation, and <laughs> my brother said he didn't like the song, and I just you know I. I made a joke. I said, well, you know, what else do you not like in this world? That's pure and good, you know? So it's, a, it, but it just goes to show that some things are, are generally con- perceived as beautiful, but some, some people just don't like those things. And even to take, to take the example of like the Mona Lisa. Okay. I mean, personally, probably gonna lose all my followers. I'm not like a huge fan of the Mona Lisa. like, I don't know. It's a, it's a picture of a woman, right? But even if it was, let's say this piece of art that everyone loved. Well, if I made a copy of that painting and smacked you over the head with it, y- you might have some some weird feelings towards it too, right? You might not think it's so beautiful anymore. But uh, let me read you this quote. Nobody grows old merely by living a number of years. We grow old by deserting our ideals. Years may wrinkle the skin, but to give up enthusiasm wrinkles the soul. Samuel Ullman. So what do you think about that idea of we just we kind of lose our piss and vinegar sometimes as we get older. We, we mm-hmm. lose we lose the enthusiasm. We lose the the passion in life. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, obviously that's possible. Like it goes without saying that that's maybe not the case for for everyone. Um, but deserting our ideals. I'm curious, like. Um, like, I wonder if there's this uh, thing of, you know, there, how there's some of these books that talk about like the second half of life or second mountain. Uh, Richard Rohr has a, a book falling upward that kind of talks about this type of stuff. Um, like sometimes our, our ideals, the things that matter, like just change. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like totally like... Uh, like I have kids, you don't have kids. Like if you have kids someday, there's just going to be certain things that are going to reorient like naturally, like some of your ideals are just going to be deserted. I would imagine. 